Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Show. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing, if you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do, or if you're a homeschool mama looking for community, connection, and encouragement, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com, and I'm here to encourage you that you can reframe your challenges and maybe even turn them into charms. So welcome, Homeschool Mama. Today, I get to introduce you to Kelly Briggs. Kelly is from TheSimpleHomeMom.com. Kelly is a homeschool mom of four who lives on the East Coast of Canada. She says she realizes that she needed to simplify her life at home more over the years as her family grew, and she couldn't keep up anymore. She helps busy moms simplify their home lives by sharing simple tips, guides, and a practical course. Welcome, Kelly. So you yeah. have a Zach as a husband. Yes, I do. Zach, that's my son. Okay, yeah, yeah it's a good name. It's a good name. Yeah, yeah. good name. God has remembered. That's yes, it, my, yes, that's right. My yeah. husband and I definitely appreciated that because we had three girls and then had a fourth, and it was a boy, so it was kind of fun. Yeah, we have three boys and then had a daughter. So oh, there you go. Yeah, you're yeah. right in the thick of the busy time. Uh, I would say probably five years ago I was. Uh, like my oldest is ten, so I really felt. As soon as he hit five, it, everything became easier. It was like easier, easier. But yeah, my youngest is almost two, but, um, baby years, like for the first two years are always harder, of course, but now we're like, we're sailing now because she's almost two and it's like, oh, (laughs) beautiful. And very blessed because by two, I definitely think, or at that time, I didn't think I was sailing. I think at least until my youngest was maybe five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I used to, I used to be an elementary teacher. Like I taught five, six, four-year-olds for years before I've been home. So I'm kind of used to the busy, I guess. I probably have a lot more skills than most people because of that. I'm used to the noise. I'm used to, you know, being flexible and adjusting. And sometimes I forget that too. I'm like, oh yeah, I was a teacher. This is why a lot of people struggle with this and maybe I don't or yeah. Tell me for all the people that don't know you already, would you share a little bit about you, how you came to homeschooling, a little bit of your homeschool world, your people in your homeschool? So how I came into the homeschooling world, um, I was uh, pregnant with my second child and my oldest was uh, two and a half or something like that. And I decided to stay home after I had my second kid. And it was through that year of my maternity leave from uh, teaching that I actually had space to think about, oh my goodness, my oldest is getting older. Um, And it gave me like that space to really reflect and like think about like what we wanted to do for school. Um, And I, of course, taught in public schools. I was current, I was at a private school then, but um, I just wasn't happy with the system as it was and knowing my oldest son wouldn't really fit well into that box because I taught many students like my oldest son. Um, so yeah, it was really through that year of deciding and figuring out that, okay, we're, I think we're going to try homeschooling. My husband wasn't, you know, into it at first. He doesn't have like educational background or anything like that, but my oldest wasn't quite three. So I knew there was time, um, 
if he were to come on board, you know, it would be, it would, it was important to me to make sure he was on board, but he did come on board and, um, he knew I, I knew what I was talking about. And I researched like those years, like a lot of educational philosophies and things that I didn't learn in teacher's college, you know? So yeah, that's kind of how I jumped into the homeschooling world. I had a couple friends older than me that homeschooled at the time, but not, not many friends at homeschool. Now the homeschooling community here seems a lot bigger. So that's good. So you actually didn't learn educational philosophy in school for teaching? Uh-uh. It was more so the kind of philosophy that we did learn. I went to Mount St. Vincent University. It was an excellent program, but the philosophy was more about like scientific, like how kids learn science or classroom management. Um, And uh, like there, you know, it was kind of like a basic stuff, but it wasn't like really diving in deep of like all the different ways of what learning could look like. It was more focused on a course classroom because that's what we were being trained to do, right? Really was to uh, become teachers in the system that is in place right now. Right. And so educational philosophies, I know for me, I'm curious what your thoughts are too, Um, really learning how kids learn. And, you know, really all the homeschool philosophies that people think of when I say homeschool philosophy, like, you know, Susan Mm -hmm. Bowers, um, classical homeschooling, or Charlotte Mason homeschooling, or unschooling, or all the possibilities. There's a lot of content there. But are you talking about that? No, I actually was talking, I'm talking more about European um, methods of education. Um, I actually started with watching a documentary from Michael Moore. Um, Years ago, he put one out about Finland. And I have a really good friend who lives in Finland and who has a few children. And um, they're very well supported there. And their education system just blew my mind. And I started researching about it more. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is more in line with what I believe in education, what I believe about children. Um, And yeah, so it was really uh, some of the European countries that kind of drew me in. And it wasn't until like, a couple years later that I looked more into like homeschooling um, educational philosophies, like you said, Charlotte Mason classical and that kind of thing. But it was more of um, the general like educational philosophy and um, Ken Robinson too. There's some really great like YouTube uh, Ted talks from him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's more, it was more of like the broader educational philosophy. I've always found that doing a bit of learning about learning or learning about all these philosophies really just builds in confidence and, you know, just less doubt as a homeschool mom, which is especially in the early years, but really often for many homeschool moms right through the years. Am I doing enough? Am I serving my child? You know, is this the right thing? Because a whole bunch of people I know don't think so. And when you delve into what you just did, what you did for research yourself, it just gives you a whole bunch of confidence that, yeah, yeah, this is the right thing for my child. Yeah, I would say too that that this is my personality too because mm-hmm. I know some moms that's not not their um, strength and that's okay too. This is just my personality. I love to research and know. You know, I was a teacher for a reason, right? Like that is just my personality. Um, and I mean, it helps to to know like the broader reasons of why you want to homeschool or those educational philosophies and whatnot. Um, but I was more doing it for me and. Um, I, I didn't really, at first I kind of was like, you know, if I heard opinions or whatnot, I I didn't know what to say or what to do, but it was very quickly that I was just like, no, like (laughs) nobody kind of questioned me, um, 
too much, but everybody has a different situation, right? Like everybody's surrounded by different people and situations and um, also depending on where you live too. So now it's a lot more common. Like I, I remember going to like my doctor's office when I first started homeschooling and it was just like, you're homeschooling. What's your plan? How are they going to learn? And now it's just like, oh, you're homeschooling. That's great. <laughs> yeah. You've been homeschooling for 12 years? Oh, well, my oldest is 10. So I mean, in yeah. Spirit. See, he's, yeah, he's been homeschooled since the beginning. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So as a, it's interesting to hear your perspective as a teacher going into homeschooling, because I don't always hear what you just said, that as a teacher, it actually helped me in the homeschool world. So tell me more about that. I want to hear what, what's your thoughts there? So how being a teacher helped me in the homeschooling world? So funny enough, this might, this isn't going to be everybody's answer, but actually being a teacher in many ways was a crutch for me. The reasons, there are various reasons. Um, I had to do a lot and I'm still had to do a lot of unlearning, like unlearning old paradigms, unlearning, like how, like everything. So I really look to my friends who homeschooled, like a couple of them that were ahead of me locally. I looked to them and they weren't teachers or anything, but I was learning more from them. Um, and that, that is really it. So, um, yeah. And I still catch myself. There's some little things here and there that I, I'm just like, Oh my goodness, that's from being a teacher. And like, it's just such a different homeschooling is totally different from classroom teaching. Um, absolutely. Yeah. In that it's more child directed or what would you say? Um, well, in our situation, like how we homeschool and stuff, it's very different from how a classroom is run. Uh, just the philosophies, like everybody has different educational philosophies with homeschooling. Um, and that's different from the classroom. Um, so there's that aspect. I mean, classroom management, that's not the same as parenting, (laughs) you know, like, uh, so there's like, and I wasn't running a home at the same time as I was teaching. Like, it was like, you know, make sure you teach the students to put away their things and stuff. It's not the same as running a household and all the other things too. (laughs) I'm um, still doing that too, teaching my kids to put their stuff away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The entire time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was still taught until I moved out to I think it was 24. <laughs> and now my dad's living with us. So <laughs> interesting. So mm-hmm. you, you were saying that you're um, more accustomed to noise. So that is interesting, because I, you know, my sister is also a teacher, has yeah. five kids, and she's good with noise. And I am not. I, we have quieter kids, because I think I can't think. But that's a bonus to actually know how to be in a scenario where there's a lot of kids with noise. So you go. Yeah, I, I have a, I wouldn't say I enjoy noise, but I am very aware of my limits. So that's why we have like a daily quiet time routine. Like I can, I'm pretty much every day. I'm good until 1 PM. And that was the classroom too. Like afternoons were always quieter in my classroom, even for grade primary or kindergarten out, out West, we call it primary in Nova Scotia. We always had, you know, reading time and like quiet, like activities uh, because yeah, everybody has different limits for noise and stuff. And my limits are usually one, 1 PM. I can handle a whole morning with my boys and stuff, <laughs> but like 1 PM, I'm like, okay, it's quiet time. Let's go. <laughs> so especially this last year, I've found um, we have all had opportunities to learn how to do home management, I guess. I don't know, you wouldn't call it home management, but actually being with our people 
with our kids, with our family, and how to find quiet time in this last year. By the way, happy anniversary. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> yes. On oh your one year staycation. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So have you learned any tips or uh, approaches to getting quiet or separate space? especially with four little kids, like that's, that's pretty heavy. I would think it would have, it would have been if you'd asked me anyways. <laughs> um, so for us, like our days and our weeks don't look hugely different from pre pandemic times. Um, we did see friends, you know, every couple weeks, um, or we would go out once a week, but, um, our routines are pretty similar to what was before because my children are smaller, you know, we're not out driving to like youth group or like dropping off, you know, like we're not in that age yet. Um, the big difference of course is like my kids aren't going to like visit grandparents once a week or we're not on my husband isn't taking the kids out on a grocery run or that kind of thing. You know, they're always like, can we go to the grocery store? And we're like, no, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Um, So in that way, yes, there has been more um, working with that kind of thing. But my husband and I just, um, we definitely noticed like our, like I was talking about limits, our limits are, are lower because we're together a lot more. So it's just been become like a, a time of really noticing ourselves to be like, I need to get out for a walk without the kids or I need to call a friend. Can you watch the kids? Or for instance, right now, my husband took over supper. I'm on here with a call with you. Um, That kind of thing. So that's often my husband and I will do that too. I'll be like, I noticed that you're feeling really overwhelmed today because of whatever, like the kids while he's working and he has his door closed, but it's been a huge adjustment for him for working at home. Um, So we just kind of like take turns back and forth like that. And like I said, my dad also lives with us, so he kind of can help a little, but he only can handle so much because I, like I said, I have three boys, Um, (laughs) but he's definitely a help. Um, But yeah, it's definitely looked different for us finding quiet. Um, And uh, yeah, and some weeks are definitely harder than others, but we just really try to be aware of when we need those breaks before we need the break because you don't want to wait until we're like uh it's too late I'm really grumpy now (laughs) okay this should have been two days ago I should have recognized and and of course our days are yeah it's it's sometimes hard of course when it's really busy and you know if you've had a lack of sleep or something you're just not thinking about oh I actually need some quiet and yeah so tell me has your focus on simplicity and simplifying your homeschool Um, I'm guessing your home, your home routines, has that originated from um, something that you had as a need? I would guess for myself, at least I can say this, people ask me, are you going to go back to the same kind of clean and organized as you were before you had kids? Because if you know me in real time, I'm clean and organized until (laughs) not until the house is a mess, but I let everything go until the week. And then on Friday, Saturdays, like literally right now, as we're recording, kids are cleaning and everybody knows what they do. And we all do one thing or we do the things once a week, but I don't do it all week long because I don't know, because it's impossible. And what's the mm-hmm. point? That, that's mm-hmm. what I learned. And your kids are a bit older too. So your host would look different from like ours with a toddler that takes out things every day or whatnot. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, debatable, so the question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Depending yeah, on that. What now they're... I've got science experiments scattered across That's places, true. like dangerous yeah. chemicals, and but yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so your question. I'm trying to come back to the question. Um, so, your yeah. focus on simplicity. Where did that originate from? So, um, it originated from. I'm. Uh, I believe it was. It was around the time of me being pregnant with my third child. And I know you've talked to Bonnie Landry before. Her breaking point was also with her third child. I and remember you. listening. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was pregnant with my third child, and I was, you know, like an organized ish person, but I didn't have all the skills, you know, I tried to like have it neat and I liked it tidy. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't really have like, anyways, I just remember, um, one particular moment I was standing in my kitchen with this to-do list, you know, like, but like a scrap piece of paper. Um, and I remember looking at it because it was like a big piece of scrap paper with all of my to-dos. And I just was just taken by overwhelm I was like I don't know where to start I don't know what to do I don't know which way to turn or up or down or anything I just was becoming so stressed out because I was so used to staying on top of everything until I had well maybe not a second kid I think I felt like I was on top of things but I really wasn't you know you know what I mean like um and it was kind of like that moment of of that awareness and like letting go of like, I can't do this anymore. I need to find better ways. Um, and then I remembered for the to-do list thing, I remembered a good friend of mine, uh, uh, probably six months prior. She's like, I think you would like this planning method, the bullet journal method. And I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm organized. So in this moment, I looked at it again because I was just really stressed out and overwhelmed with just my to-do list. And I started learning just simple planning skills. And then things got better from there because I was writing things down better. And I was able to see this is insane. I can't do this to myself. I can't keep working crazy hours at the time. I had like this really busy sewing business and I was, um, I loved it, but I also was like working too much. And anyways, the planning was a huge part of simplifying and I kind of at the same time, hand in hand was when I started to declutter more and stuff and get, get rid of like junior high letters. I wrote to my girlfriends about boys and, you know, (laughs) I was like, why do I keep these? These are are ridiculous. (laughs) I just like, (laughs) who's going to read these? Like, I don't want any, these are silly. Like, because you look back at that stuff and you're like, Oh my goodness. Do I really think like that? (laughs) Yes. yes, It was just funny. So I just spent some time simplifying and, and just like paring down on the stuff that we had in our home. And my husband was on board. He was like, go for it. Like, and I just made sure if it was his stuff, I asked him about it. I wasn't going to throw his stuff out. Um, But yeah, I just kind of went from the planning was the biggest part where I started from. And then the physical things started to go and it just felt better and better as I started to get more um, simplicity in our home. And I wouldn't necessarily call it quote unquote control because you can't really you know, when you have three kids at that point, when I have my third, it's like they're kids, right? There's always going to be some form of chaos, <laughs> no matter how much you quote unquote, try to stay on top of things. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking this morning, why is there a pack of cards and three books? And mm-hmm. I think it was cereal or something underneath the great room sofa as I was starting alive. And I'm like, Ugh 
you know, if this was all gone though, that would mean that it was done. The whole yeah. thing. So yeah. I'd have put it into yeah. perspective. Although yeah. I still am like, why are there Cheerios <laughs> the sofa? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We actually have an ant problem in a part of the kitchen, which I don't know why. We have a very sealed house, but maybe I'm wrong. And so any food left out anywhere is really not cool right now. And to top yeah. it off, my 12-year-old son really doesn't like it when we kill them because he has such a soft heart. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I can't wait until the ants come out this year here. Not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So tell yeah. me about your routine. Or, you know, I saw in an Instagram post this morning, uh, mm-hmm. focus on simplicity. And you have some really good points there. I'd love it if you could share a bit about that. So just routines in general or... Which routines would you suggest that we as homeschool moms simplify? Um, Oh, that's a good question. I've been actually thinking about this because I definitely get like lots of questions about that and moms talking all the time, like they don't know where where to start. Yeah. Um, I always suggest to everybody that I talk to about routines or for simplifying or decluttering, like start small and start somewhere. And, um, and, and that's really it. But like if, specifically for routines, um, looking at the bigger picture, what are those biggest um, routines that you would benefit from the most from simplifying or working on? For our home, it would be um, laundry and dishes. Those would be the two biggest like things to work into routines because there are six of us plus my father, so seven. Um, So laundry and dishes are very important in our home. And if I miss, or if we as a family miss a day, we can feel it. We're like, we don't have plates. We don't have bowls. Mommy, do we need to buy more bowls again? I'm like, no, no, we just forgot to put on the dishwasher. (laughs) So yeah, laundry and dishes start there. (laughs) So get into the routine of that. I've learned now my son is 12. He's been doing his laundry for about a year which means he's done it 12 times because there's so one month of laundry in that basket when it comes downstairs. But do you have, um, do you include your kids in the process or do you just like say, okay, mom's going to get this all cleaned up? Yeah. So for laundry routines, it's um, come together over a long period of time. So it might sound a bit elaborate, but it's because it's been worked on slowly over a long period of time to what works for us. But our laundry routine is in the morning, the kids bring down the dirty laundry, all of it, except the cloth diapers because they're stinky and heavy and I don't blame them. So I bring those down. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the kids bring down the laundry in the morning and I'll throw on a load then. Um, And the laundry is up really high for them. So I turn it on, but they bring it down. And then at lunchtime, I will usually throw it in the dryer or hang it. I do that part, but the kids will sort. So once everything's dry, I have baskets with all of the names of everybody in our house or the area, like the master bedroom. And then they just sit down the two older ones because almost eight and 10. They sit down and put in each of those baskets with the sorted names. Um, now during baby season, so, you know, even a year ago when Josie was just one, we just left it in the baskets, neatly stacked in the laundry room and just worked out of baskets because that's where we were at. It was more of that really busy season. But now that she's almost two, we take the baskets up to their rooms. They take it up and they put it away. Um, I put away like the two younger kids and yeah. myself, I like putting away, but 
yeah, that's our laundry routine. And it's worked really well for us for probably like a year and a half to two years now. I think when I was at your stage, I actually would get the kids to fold their laundry while I was doing a yeah. read aloud, or I would tell them, I'll do your laundry if you do the read aloud, because sometimes I got really tired of actually reading yeah. aloud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be tiring some days. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have a voice today. Audiobook play. <laughs> so what yeah. would you um, do with all the clutter that actually, you know, the kids... Uh, assuming that you have some clutter, you know, if you have any toy whatsoever, or they wear socks. Yeah. Oh (laughs) my gosh. The socks. (laughs) Or Legos, Barbie Mm -hmm. shoes. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Erasers. (laughs) What do you do with the clutter? How do you do that? Do you just say, Hey, come grab this eraser or do you put it in place? So, um, I'll give you the example of our main floor because that's where we homeschool. We have our homeschooling things there. We have some things for the toddler. We have our books all on the main floor. Um, so at the end of the day, if in, in a, on a regular day, like if there's nothing else going on, we usually just tidy, do a reset or a tidy up together. Um, and it's not, it doesn't take us very long to do. It's just, I have to make sure I tell them to do it. I also have like a built-in time for chores during our homeschooling time. So it's like one of their tasks is chores. So my older two, I'll be like, here, it's your chore time. It's 10 to 15 minutes. Here's your first task. Now go. Um, And they actually really enjoy doing that. It's kind of like a nice break for them during school time too, because it's like a physical thing. Like, oh, I'll unload the dishwasher. Oh, I have to bring down the laundry or I have to put away the books, Josie, through on the floor or whatever. So yeah, we kind of just work at it together most days. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think my oldest, um, I taught her how to start washing the dishes or putting the dishes in the dishwasher when she was three. So when, when my, she loved helping though. And so she was always doing something useful. And she even like was two and a half when she was changing um, my second daughter's diaper. She was, she was a very helpful kid, but but my youngest is now 12 and he's mm-hmm. only started doing the dishes this last year. So my oldest was when she was at home, she's like, um, I knew how to like manage the whole household by the time I was 12. <laughs> Person- personalities and, and um, yeah, yeah, it does make a difference. There are some children who are more enjoy that more. And yeah, yeah. It's like, you can't compare, right? I have to remind my dad of that often too. I'm like, they're 10 and eight, you know, remember their kids and they're not always going to remember stuff on the stairs or not trying to kill you when you're walking down the stairs with forgetting <laughs> things, but <laughs> we try our best. <laughs> yeah. I actually put a basket on the stairs and stuff everything in there. And it is yeah. actually also my husband that goes, okay, I can't do this. This is unsafe. And actually, ironically, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually in a, a, an ankle boot right now because I fell down the stairs. Oh, no. that, that was my fault though because I didn't okay. turn on the light and apparently I am old enough that one must have the light on when I walked down yeah. the stairs uh, oh no <laughs> I'm sorry apparently <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there were three more stairs than I understood oh. so I feel for your dad <laughs> but I also understand what it's like to have kids and there is stuff everywhere like there's always something somewhere but yeah you- no matter how much you simplify or declutter there's always going to be a surface level amount of things there, unless you get rid of everything possible in your house, then you won't have surface anything. (laughs) I have to say in our traveling years, we had, we spent seven years traveling with our four kids. 
we had a backpack of stuff. We weren't seven years fully, but off and on for seven, we'd take one backpack and we traveled, um, you know, we went to Italy for three weeks at one point and it was so wow. simple. It was so easy. Mm-hmm. It was such, you know, very present living and it was a beautiful thing, but I went through that stage mm-hmm. where I wanted to get rid of everything. Mm-hmm. I, and I did, I got <laughs> rid of my Joshua tree, you do CD, which I wish I hadn't. And, you know, everything I, that wasn't nailed down, I was trying to get rid of. We even sold a really, you know, my first dream home and we got rid of everything in that house or a lot of the stuff and only took the basics, but I actually learned that yeah. you, you really do need stuff. You need stuff. You just you have to make sure stuff. that the stuff you have, you actually need. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge for homeschooling too. I'm just, cause you know, homeschooling, um, because it's so easy to just accumulate, whether it's like books, we love books, but I'm really, um, I'm way more specific about books now that I know what we love, what we use, what is helpful versus just, you know, Ooh, a book, Ooh, another book, Ooh, another book. So we're super intentional about the things that we have for homeschooling. Cause otherwise it just piles up in did any go, area, of course, but did you go through a process of like Marie condoing your homeschool, <laughs> holding everything in your hands and saying, do I love this? Do I want to keep this? <laughs> so for homeschooling specifically, I, of course, was a teacher. So I had a lot of teacher stuff that I brought home. Um, when that first moment of like describing that to-do list dressed out I did go through the Conry process funny enough back then. And I did get rid of a bunch of stuff, but I still held on to it because I didn't know what I was going to end up using for homeschooling. So as Theo started homeschooling, my oldest, I just kept decluttering more and more and more and more. And I was like, this is way more for classroom stuff. I can get rid of this. This doesn't work for us. And yeah, it was a kind of like a big, you know, like a big chunk in the beginning and then kind of like tweaking as we go along and I still declutter stuff it's not like one and done I'm still yeah I just got decluttered some little readers because we had too many I'm like I don't need that many so I'm gonna declutter them before my third starts reading which is soon and then he'll be like I want to keep those so I'm making sure I declutter them before he hits that stage Mm -hmm. and that's the (laughs) hardest thing for me to get rid of is books books yeah baby clothes and I don't know why but I'm keeping the baby clothes (laughs) yeah I have no reason to use baby clothes anymore but Mm -hmm. maybe the grandchildren I don't know um so what are your recommendations on decluttering like do you go through a routine on a weekly basis or a monthly basis of looking at everything so if you've never decluttered at all before, um, there are so many different ways to go about it. Like there's this book that says this way or this book that says this way. And all of the, all of them are helpful if it's helpful for you in that moment. Um, personally, I went through the Marie process, but I didn't take everything. I don't fold like how she folds and I didn't, you know, thank my clothing. It just wasn't for me, but there's lots of other people and ways to do it, but really if you don't want to read a book, because you really don't have to, you can just um, start small, start somewhere, and just keep going. Uh, For me, my personality, I wanted to get it done. So I did it very quickly. Um, But most of what I talk about now, like, um, with my, my, my people, I guess I could say is, is more simple and slow, because I think I stress myself out really <laughs> by going through all those junior high letters. Like I would just, yeah. I, I, I just 
I'm glad I did it and got rid of it and pulled the bandaid off. But most people do well with the one thing at a time, one area at a time, one room at a time or one drawer. Um, so there's that way you can do like by room, by category, you can do it. Um, yeah, Conmarie does more like category. Um, yeah, there's just so many ways. <laughs> well, I really appreciate the encouragement that you have on Instagram because there's always really practical tips um, for homeschool moms or for moms in general. So you gave a series of tips this morning on Instagram. Are you able to share some of those? I can. Now those ones were, um, I'm with a friend right now. We were talking about um, kind of just routines and how to look at your routines to simplify them. Um, so that's what we're talking about right now. I do talk about routines periodically, but uh, this is kind of fun to um, kind of like have like a mini series on it. But these were these tips I pulled from a blog and kind of just respun it and made my own. And I put that note at the bottom because I always try to make sure you give credit, but I can kind of go through them. Um, so how to make routines stick. There are seven tips that are um, going to be helpful for that. So routines. So in the homeschooling sense, that could be anything from the morning of routine of how you wake up in the morning in your breakfast time, or it could be um, quiet time routine or bedtime routine. This could be for any kind of routine. So here are the seven tips. One is commit to a month. Giving time to let a routine habit take place is key. There's all kinds of like research on different like amounts of time for how long habits take, but try it a month and see how that feels. Um, Two is to make it daily. Consistency is going to help make it stick faster um, instead of jumping around like, oh, I did it Sunday. And, you know, if it is a daily thing, of course, if it's something that's supposed to be a monthly routine, obviously don't make it daily because that would be crazy. (laughs) Uh, The third tip is to start simple. Like I already said, is try one habit at a time and go from there. And now my personality, um, when I started doing all this stuff, I remember like trying to do like everything all at once, like all of the routines at once or declutter all the things, like I just said, or, or, or have my homeschooling perfect from day one. And it's really about being simple, one little area at a time, and then move on from there. And the fourth uh, tip is check in with yourself periodically with how are those habit routines going? Like if you're trying to instill habits um, in your home or homeschool, how's it going? Does it feel good? Do, do the, does this need a readjustments? Um, that one's really key because it's so easy to go on autopilot without thinking about it and just be like unhappy or stressed every day without like realizing, oh, it just needed a simple tweak. I know I've done that for myself in my homeschool and my life too. Like, oh, I should have stopped and like take, taken two seconds to, you know, realize like, okay, <laughs> why am I doing that to myself or whatnot? Um, the next thing, a uh, nice tip, and I talk about this a lot too sometimes is habit stacking. So when you're forming a new routine or a new habit to stack it onto an already established one. So it's going to just have a higher chance of sticking because that one's an already um, established habit. One that I often um, give an example is, Um, when I exercise, I exercise most days. So when my husband puts my son to bed, that is my trigger, um, for when I go and exercise, it's like, okay, he goes to bed, I exercise. So it's just kind of, he's, he always goes to bed every night. So that habit or that routine is already in place. I can do that next thing. So that is habit stack is the fifth one. The sixth one is 
aim for consistency with um, uh, building new routines uh, or habits and not perfection. Because like I said earlier, perfection usually leads to overwhelm and stress. And you're just never, you're not going to follow through probably with anything because you just end up being a stress ball, which is what I did to myself in the past. I can remember lots of times. (laughs) And number seven is write it down, writing things down. Um, you probably know, like lot, there's lots of research about writing things down. It helps it committed to memory better. Um, for myself, like every weekend, I usually write down like uh, a few different things that I want to remember, remind myself of, of like my morning routines that I do, as well as like recently I added on writing down my digital boundaries, like when I show up in social media, when I do content planning. So that is just written down again and again and again. And, and like the more often I do that, I find it just sticks more because you've seen it visually, you've written it down, you're reminding yourself, you're checking in. And that goes for routines too. Like just writing it down can really, really help. And it doesn't have to be like elaborate or anything. It could just be bullet notes if you really do hate writing. Cause I used to hate writing, <laughs> thinking of my past self. Yeah. So those are the seven those are tips. Excellent ideas. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I've got a few thoughts, but routine, when you do it, regularly enough which is the point then you actually have increased productivity like you are making sure that you're going to continue cleaning or you're going to you know do the things you're intending to do for your business you'll follow through and you'll make connections with people or at you know obviously in your homeschool realm you're going to keep doing the things you want to do Mm-hmm. So I find when I have that routine, instead of creating a schedule that tells me, well, you didn't do enough today, or, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't do the exact things that you were planning to do today. When you create routines around even our homeschool worlds, we can get so much done. And then I, this is maybe, I don't know if this is you, but this is me. Then I can say to myself, okay, today, no, today, Sunday, you're going to take a break. Mm-hmm. And then I don't feel guilty about it, that I didn't do what I needed to do then I know that I did a lot. And the same thing, I mean, we're teaching the exact same thing, the patterns with our kids. So they're learning from us as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, I absolutely agree. It's yeah. I was actually talking about this last night too, about that concept of balance, quote unquote balance, because balance isn't, isn't like staying. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you, I used to think like balance meant everything was perfect and caught up with and, and everybody's happy. Everything's done. That doesn't actually mean, or that actually isn't balance. Balance looks different to to everybody. It looks different every day, every moment, like, oh my goodness. So that's why it's really, I really um, encourage people to like reflect and come back to looking at those routines or whatever in your life. And like, just look at it and just see if it's aligned with um, your values, like as a homeschool family or like whatever you're doing um, to really like think about it. Because like I said, like it's so easy to go on autopilot and just not, you know, not take care of yourself. I know you're all about like that self-care, right? Like it's so easy not to take care of yourself if you're so tied to looking at the schedule or the list. That's so funny that you're saying. And I was there too. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I was just going to lead into is that Uh, 
the routines are also boundaries. They're boundaries mm-hmm. for your kids to know, okay, where you stop and where they, or yeah. where, where you start, yeah. stop and where they start. And mm-hmm. also you yourself, sometimes like screen things or other aspects, we also have to create boundaries for ourselves to say, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Now, yeah. what are we going to do yeah. to take care of us? Because really that, those boundaries do take care of everybody in the home. Yeah. 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 But it's tricky to instill those habits, especially, you know, kids, like it's hard enough getting us into good habits, but getting our kids into those habits. But yeah, you're what you talk about with balance. I think you're also talking about or addressing your natural tendency and mine too, to perfectionism Mm -hmm. and wanting to always have everything done at all times. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that I think that has something mm-hmm. to do personally. I think that has to do with a self-worth thing. Like, am I worthy if I don't have it all lined up and it's all done? And at least that's for me. I identify mm-hmm. the idea of, is it a worth thing? Because why does it matter? You know? Yeah. For me, it comes to a, a place of safety slash control, but it can be like, it, it can be various reasons why, why we feel that way. Um, and also uh, going through school, like public school, right? Like it's just, it could, that mindset can come from yeah, anywhere and be affected by so much, but yeah. 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 Very interesting. Obviously you have four kids and I'm guessing they're not mm-hmm. all the same, like mine aren't. So teaching those kids, those routines, what do you do? How do you do that? Little by little, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's really hard. I will say that like, it is really hard to teach habits. Um, But it's like, do we want to put do I I guess I'll say do I want to put the effort in these good habits? Or what's going to happen, right? It's going to be bad habits, right? So it's just like, I'd rather put the effort in them instilling these good habits of just helping as a family with tidying or laundry. And those are good things for us personally. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking of myself as a teenager, my poor father, (laughs) (laughs) but it was different for us because I was public schooled. I wasn't home as much and he didn't have as much time to like, make sure I did the laundry. He always did the laundry and I had a really messy bedroom, but who knows? Like, I don't, I can't remember how things went. He was very neat and tidy, but yeah, for us as a homeschooling family, for my sanity and (laughs) for the peace in our home, like it's been worth it for us to help teach them those habits a little bit at a time. It's never perfect. Like what was that tip? Like, um, aim for consistency, not perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're not going to meet it anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can remember sweeping one time and just feeling really frustrated and like loud enough. I was just sweeping. I was like not speaking. I wasn't yelling at anybody. I was just sweeping. And my husband came over and said, uh, are you okay? <laughs> I really didn't want to be sweeping, but I'm like, yeah. it has to get done. He says, do you have to though? And I'm like, well, yeah, because who else mm-hmm. is going to do it? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was pretty demonstrative, but he said, you know, I think maybe you could just consider not doing it. If it's really not valuable, it's wasting your time. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just Mm -hmm. let it go? Or if you want to do it, then maybe you could spin it in a way that says, yeah, you're above sweeping. 
but <laughs> we really value a clean home. So the time mm-hmm. is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Or delegating too, when and if you can. Yeah. And I say, I really do think that we delegate as soon as a child is able to do something. Yeah, that, that's my approach. I do hear other people say, listen, I know that it's not going to get done like I want anyway, so I'm just going to go do it. Mm-hmm. And not, not just for the perfection angle, but more um, doing it because they truly will go back to the child and say, no, no, you got to come back. This isn't what I mean. Like, let's, let's do this differently, or let me show you how to do this and we'll keep doing it. And so then there's, um, it feels like you're wasting time doing that. And some parents will just say, no, I'm going to do it myself. But I do think there's such a value in homeschooling that we can teach those really basic skills to our kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of myself as a child there because I did have, I love my father, but yeah, he, he, he was very particular about things. And because he was that way, I kind of shut down. I was like, well, I don't want to bother to help because then I have to redo it or he doesn't like it. So for us, like there are some things that I will do on my own and the kids know that I'm like, I like to do what, put the laundry on, or I like to whatever X, Y, Z, like clean the shower or whatever, because I'm particular about it. They know it, but the things that they're responsible for, like I, I will teach them like folding and stuff and be like, Hey, I noticed your drawer was jammed. Do you want me to teach you how to fold again? But like, I leave it like open-ended because of course I have that in the back of my mind of like, I need to like, you know, encourage and not get them like uh, not bothering. <laughs> um, I'm laughing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's how kind of how we do it. Like they're responsible for their things. And we also have things set up so that there's a home for everything. They know where things go for the most part. So, or how things go and um, coming back to them when they need help again. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how we do it here. I remember telling my mom that um, you, you, she raked, the, after she vacuumed a room, she would rake it she would rake herself out of the room <laughs> when I when I had my bed and breakfast a couple years ago uh, my kids said you don't rake but you do vacuum your way out of your room so it's kind of like you're carrying on the tradition I'm not yeah actually, I'm not nearly <laughs> yeah. My mom, but, yeah it's um, so funny we all have funny. those different habits and and things that we do it just yeah it's funny <laughs> very clean though I must say I grew up much mm. more clean than I am no, <laughs> I told my mom, I think we were engaged then. And she's like, no, 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 I didn't do that until after high school. I'm like, no, no, I was 26. I was engaged. And you told me. I look back, of course, and laugh at like this, the things that I thought as a child with my dad and stuff. And it's just funny now. But yeah, very much so. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. still hear me. My oldest daughter that's at home right now learned to drive this year. And I, I'm always saying, listen, you just have to be on the defensive. You have to know that mm-hmm. drivers aren't always going to be good. You're going to have to be yeah. a driver. And I'm like, oh, wow, that is definitely my dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're good routines, really, to maintain, um, you know, boundaries, but productivity. And also the kids always know what you're doing next. And mm-hmm. there's no uncertainty about that. So it kind of keeps a little bit more, I was going to use the word balance. I can't believe I was about to do that. But it keeps a, a stronger sense of, um, I don't know, clarity or something. Everybody knows what they're going to be doing. Yeah, it, it's like the word, the rhythm of the day. Like it's predictable. It flows. It feels good. Um, yeah, absolutely. My kids know the flow of our day and it really does 
just helps. It just feels so good because we have routines in place and they're all flexible too in our home. Um, and like, for instance, today I was really tired this morning and I was like, okay, I'm going to cross all this stuff off their school thing. And we're going into quiet time early. Um, and, but it's still like the same flow at the same time. So yeah, it feels good. So do you have suggestions for especially newer homeschool families? Cause there's so many more this year, um, or newer homeschool families, how to include the simplicity in your homeschool or how to simplify your homeschools? Uh, so for new, new, new homeschooling families, um, kind of like what I went through of being a teacher and unlearning, because a lot of new homeschoolers assume they have to have their homeschool just like a classroom, like what, you know, fitting all the things in and, you know, like making it just like a classroom. So I just really encourage people to kind of step back and be like, okay, what is important to us? what is important versus, you know, trying to be like a classroom setting because a classroom setting has a different purpose than a homeschool setting. Uh, so yeah, stepping back and then um, again, like the small steps of being like, okay, well, reading, reading aloud is important. Math is important. Uh, getting outside is important. Okay, now work with that. And then next week, maybe think about, okay, you know what? Learning Canadian studies is important. Let's add a little bit of that in and just kind of building it on from there. Because I find for the, a lot of people, including myself, I used to have the tendency a lot to, again, take way too much and then just be like, burn out tomorrow, right? And I'm sure you talk about that a lot too, right? Like, Why um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it is a real thing. And yeah, I definitely was there off and on with homeschooling in my earlier years for sure yeah and actually us getting to decide what we want our kids to know we can decide that even you know I am a registered homeschooler in British Columbia which means that I have the full responsibility of my child's academic program and no one's overseeing me and I know that everyone doesn't have that in all states and provinces Mm -hmm. but there's still a way to recognize the learning opportunities or the things that your children are doing, the things that they're learning and to spin it in education ease. And like Judy Arnell had said a little while ago that someone has to come up with an app or a program that actually spins the learning opportunities into education ease so that we both recognize that our kids are learning, but also that we're not having to, like you said, check off the school boxes and, do them the way that the school does them. Yeah. Yeah. Give ourselves so much more freedom, I think. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what's the first thing that you think of when I say homeschool mama self-care? Mm, the first thing that I think of um, would be awareness. So I kind of talked about that earlier too, is just awareness um, in yourself as a homeschooling mom and as a person, uh, just awareness of your own needs, you know, like what things do you need to feel like a full person? And I, uh, a full person, I don't know if that's the best term for it, but there are some things that I need every day just to feel like my cup is full, but some days like today, like I said, this morning, I was tired this morning. It's going to look at bit different in some areas. 
some days. Um, I like to exercise most days, but if my best friend can chat with me that evening, I'm going to drop exercise to talk to her uh, because that is more important. So those, those are, that's, yeah, I guess the awareness of yourself and just knowing the things that you need every day. Um, and just to like, that can be really hard to figure out. It took me a long time to figure out, I think for myself, but just start thinking about it and just keep going every day to just um, looking at the times of the day that you feel tired or cranky and, and think about that and be like, I wonder why I feel this way or what may need to change in our routine. Um, like I said, we have quiet time every day because by one o'clock, like the kids are, you need a break. I need a break. I'm grumpy by about one o'clock. I'm exhausted. I can't think anymore. <laughs> and that became like a natural time for our day that we have this downtime. And I, I really, I tried not to do it like in January because I was trying a new routine out just to see, because I like to try things a lot. And I, it, I ended up burning out within like four days and it took me two weeks to recover, but it was a really good, um, experiment because I was like, okay, nope, I still need that one o'clock quiet time. So that's confirmed check. <laughs> yeah. January 3rd, yeah. that you will actually see whether or not what you're doing is working. And yeah. I, like I call it slump month. I know other people have different words for it, but I really think that's the time where we need to shift gears, take care of ourselves a little bit more, or just lose lose the workbooks if it's getting boring because if the kids are bored you are definitely bored or if you're bored your kids are definitely bored but January February usually gets dark and dreary and just kind of boring so it's a good time to try those things yeah for us like our homeschooling will look similar um but we're not outside as much so that can be like okay let's try to get outside even though it's super cold or let's do more exercise you know during the daytime inside so that's kind of like what we do but our the bulk of our like homeschool looks pretty similar um, because that's what works for us but like like you said like depending on what your homeschool looks like you just might need to switch things up I think you had last week or something you're like this is our fun day you know and that works really well for your family and I love that that's great <laughs> most most fun days except for today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fun Fridays and you know it's it's different because your children grow up and I've got my third daughter is in public school um, first time ever this year in grade 10 and so she's not here for most Fridays. Um, she was the last five weeks for online classes. And then I have my oldest daughter who is 18. I keep saying she's 17, but she's 18. And so some days she's like, I just don't want to play Bananagrams right now. Yeah. <laughs> like they just start to, you know, get out of certain things. She'll, she also plays a lot though, but you know, the stage, the age and stage changes what fun Friday looks like for us now too. Mm -hmm. So funny yeah. enough, now, fun Friday, my son is doing chores. Yeah. <laughs> I find that fun. Yeah, <laughs> I would too. <laughs> so tell me what would be like a fun self-care strategy for you? Something, if you could do this on the regular, this is what you would do to fill that cup. Um, so something fun. Fun for me would be seeing a friend. <laughs> in person. Now we're in Nova Scotia. So pandemic wise, like our cases, we have like, no, like, there's no cases today. Yeah, we have 19 active cases. So I have been able to see friends throughout the pandemic, depending on the numbers, like I did, we just wait for me, our family, we just wait until there's not much. Um, but yeah, uh, for fun self care, it would be seeing a friend in person and just 
usually a homeschooling friend and we would just talk probably about homeschooling, <laughs> even though we're like, we shouldn't talk about this, but you know, um, that would be definite or talking to a friend on the phone when we can't. Um, I would say that's the fun. I mean, I enjoy all the things that, uh, you know, I love reading and I, I love like music and all those things too. So, I mean, but I, I like, isn't self-care all fun, you know, in, in many ways, because it's so life-giving, right. For ourselves. Right. Um, but yeah, the fun would be the friend and, you know, drinking a glass of wine and having chocolate. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I really should incorporate wine and chocolate into these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's this myth out there. People say that they don't all drink coffee and wine. And I'm like, no, sure you do. <laughs> Actually. I, didn't, I, didn't I don't drink wine often. It's just yeah. what I see a friend every six months. <laughs> There's yeah. no way. <laughs> yeah. 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 Congratulations on the staycation. I said yesterday, cause yeah, we all had our nice one year staycation, but I'm glad you got to see friends this last year. Yeah. We've been, it's been, we've been really lucky in Nova Scotia um, with our, yeah. Yeah. The irony too, Prince Edward Island is where I thought we would be homeschooling. Oh really? And, yeah. That was my, our original thoughts. We took a trip there even, and it is a beautiful place to it's be. It's very beautiful. It didn't yes. work for my husband's work at the time. Uh, but, you know, he said it's gorgeous during summer, but it's not yeah. quite as lovely during the winter. Yeah. It's colder in the winter here. Where in, you said you're British Columbia? Yes. Yeah. Where in British Columbia are you? Southwestern. So I'm not on the island, not in that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not Vancouver area. Yeah. yeah. My best friend's on the island. Yeah. But she's from here. <laughs> Beautiful place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of interesting stuff across Canada. Um, so I don't want to finish the interview because I never do. I love chatting. <laughs> um, but to close our interview, I want to ask you three fun questions. And I changed them up for the first time ever because I kept asking the same one, getting the same answer um, uh-huh. about what we do Friday night. And I've heard <laughs> pizza and film night is that uh-huh. you guys do too that's us too that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> but what do, you, what do you like to or what did you like to learn about this last week with your kids oh that's a good question <laughs> usually by Friday my brain is mush I'm like what did we do this week <laughs> um I think maybe not learn, but my favorite memory from this week was the kids were painting just free painting. And I was reading a Canadian fairy tale and I was like, Oh, this is wonderful. Like they are loving painting and I can read to them without anybody running away or screaming. So that was, I guess what I love learning with them was reading this really good fairy tale. Um, and, uh, painting. (laughs) <laughs> have always been my favorite moments is the read aloud moments with the kids mm-hmm. so what's on your bookshelf right now on my bookshelf right now this book here it's probably backwards minimalist moms uh living and parenting with simplicity by diane Bowden or Bowden. it's actually releasing in two days and um i got a pre-release uh from her and it i love it it's really good really practical I used to read a whole bunch of those kind of books like decluttering and minimalism and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's really encouraging and it gives you like practical um, advice. And I am loving hers. I've never read any book in that um, genre of minimalism or decluttering quite like hers. Um, very approachable and it's for moms specifically. So and what minimalist is moms, 
Diane Bowden or Bowden. I should probably ask her how to pronounce it, but she is on um, Instagram. She has a podcast, um, Minimalist Moms Podcast, and it's so good and practical. And it's not a lot of minimalism has a lot of stigma, like, you know, white walls and nothing, but it's, it's not that it's like so much more. It's like what you talked about, like what, what is important to you, what you need, what you love instead of like the extra stuff that you don't need. And, um, but this is a really good book. So that's what I'm reading. Uh, and I, I always have some on the go on my Kindle too, but usually like four or five books at once, but that's the yeah. one that I'm focused <laughs> on right now. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about the name of your business. How did that come to be? Uh, so Simple Home Mom. I was under the handle East Coast Kelly for a while. Um, actually, I think it was last year. It just kind of hit me. I didn't think about it at all, actually. I've been talking about this kind of like simple ideas, like simple activities, simple everything for probably four, five years. Like I've always been, this is my personality. Um, I just woke up one morning and I, I just knew I needed a change and I simple home mom. And I just changed my website. I did everything all in like a span of two days. And I, I, I didn't really think about it. It just kind of hit and I changed it and went with it <laughs> and because it was, approach. yeah, yeah it, uh, it just fit obviously. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do that today. <laughs> and I did. So, so what kind yeah. of resources do we find online? What do you have available? On Instagram, I'm the most active. You're going to find stuff from me there Monday to Friday. Um, I usually take most of the weekend off, but you're going to find stuff all the time. Like in my stories, you find tips and suggestions. And I often share like tips from other people, uh, simple tips, all relating to home life, anything from simple budgeting. Like I do that in January, usually to, you know, routines or decluttering or, mindset, you know, like you, you can't keep up with everything. That's something that I, <laughs> at all times is something that I talk about often. So that is on Instagram that also streams into my website. You'll find blogs on there and tons of like freebies and printables and worksheets. Um, my mail list gets access to like all of the free stuff that I put out. Yeah. So I write a lot. I do have like a capsule, like a wardrobe guide. I was really into like simple wardrobes still am, but that was like a few years ago. And I wrote like a guide for people and um, that's on the website. I also have a simple, a course for busy moms, simplify your home life. That's ongoing. It's open for another month and it's a six week or longer, depending on how people want to go about it. But yeah, that, and going forward in the future, it's still going to be lots of the same, but I'm hoping to, you know, publish more guides. The course is always going to be there though. I love to have that course there and kind of have that as the foundation and everything from there is going to be helpful guides and tips and you're going to find lots of free stuff too. So there's something for everybody. (laughs) Where do we find you online? So you can find me on Instagram the most. The handle is simple home mom. My website is simplehomemom.com. You can find my Facebook page or Pinterest, but I'm not as not near as active on those places, but I do have them up and running. It's just more of like, I pop, you know, put things on there, but my community is on uh, Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me today. So many great tips, ideas for new homeschool moms, but I mean, for all of us, right right across the spectrum, especially me and all my books that I'm going to have to go declutter. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. 
I would love to hear more about who you are, so come on over to my Facebook or Instagram page, Homeschool Mama Self-Care. I've recently opened a Homeschool Mama support group with the intention of supporting and encouraging you on your homeschool journey, and also hoping that you would want to encourage and support other Homeschool Mamas too. While you're there, you can check out the release of my new book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. I've been really grateful for all of the positive feedback, but even more grateful in how it's impacting and encouraging the homeschool mom. You'll also find the show notes and links to everything you've heard in this episode at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this podcast with your homeschool mama friends. When you rate and review this podcast, you're helping other moms find me. Until next time, I wish you and your kids a charmed week. Unless you're having one of those weeks, then I wish that you can turn all your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms.